This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts Luke Silvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans, go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is December twenty eighth, two thousand twenty. Luke, just three days left in the year. First of all, how was your Christmas? Uh, Christmas was good. I went back to Florida with family and I uh, got to um, be reunited with my wife and daughter, which is awesome. Um, and as an aside, as a result of that, you might hear Harper in the background during this recording because, you know, it's nine o'clock at night and they're winding down doing their thing. Um, and they're letting me record this. So, uh, appreciative of that. But yeah, you guys might be hearing a little bit of crying here and there. Um, Bro, so, how, other than how that, cold man, was I mean, it? it? How cold was it on Christmas here in Florida? Ridiculous. I mean, it was, it was, it was Florida cold. Like it was cold. I, it was anywhere. I, cold. I left, it was colder here than it was in New Jersey. That's cold. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it got cold. It got cold in Omaha. I think it was nine. Um, okay, well, that's that's just absurd. The Arctic cold. I I was. I was very happy that I was in Florida comparatively, if, if that tells you anything. Um, but not nah, it was uh, it was good, man. I mean, got to spend a lot of time with family. Um, got to see everybody. All my family's there, and uh, thankfully, our families live in the same city. So it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was good to be back, and then now it's good to be back here with them. They haven't been here in over a month, so it's been it's been really good, man. So it's been a great week all around. Your Orlando Magic are now 3-0, and went 3-0 and on the week, wins against Miami on opening night in the Amway Center, and then in Washington back-to-back Saturday night, and then tonight we're recording this on Sunday, uh, wins against the, the Wizards, Luke. So you and I really haven't talked um, at all about how we felt about the game, our reactions, everything like that. We wanted to save it for the pod. So yeah, yeah what, and I, what, I try what did not you to... think? I try not to text you during games very much because, um, and especially in pivotal moments when the game's close, because I know you're probably on a more immediate thing than I am. Uh, you know, I don't watch streams online, but if I did, there's a lag, and uh, so I don't like to get, I don't like spoilers. So I don't, I try not to look at Twitter. You handle the live tweeting and during games typically, and so um, yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about it. Tonight was a roller coaster. I'll out myself here. All right. I will read a text that I sent you um, when the Magic were probably when they were right at the peak down 17. I, I texted you and I said, whenever you want to start recording. And that yeah. and I said, let me know. Yep. <laughs> I was, was partially kidding. No, I know. But part of me probably would have hopped on and started recording a podcast about how the Magic are two and one and call me a pessimist. Call me whatever you want. But at that point, after the start that Orlando had, and we can get deeper into this, but after the start you have, the bench comes in, um, and T. Ross lights it up and gets Orlando back into the game. And then the second half starts the same way the first half did, except worse, which I didn't think was possible. Um, and they go on to double us up in the third. Um, so, yeah, I was just ready to uh, to record the podcast at that point. But, Jonathan, kind of what was where was your head at throughout this whole game? So I I made anybody that listens to the pod if you if you follow if you don't follow us on social media first of all do that because I think there's a lot of of elements that Luke and I bring to the table as far as magic content 
that you you don't get if you're exclusively listening to the podcast. Like like you said, like the the in game tweets, you know the the stuff that we post to the Instagram, everything like that. Like the interaction is, is a ton of fun. So, but after every game, I I do like my little one minute you know um, reaction right. to the game. Big last fan. night. I appreciate that, Luke. You're very very yeah, kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, well last well. night. Oh my gosh, <laughs> last night. Um, I said after we won, right? Because it, mm-hmm. it, it got hairy there. We went we went up and down, up and down. Fourth quarter, Vooch and, and Markel did their thing. We pulled out the win. But I said after the game, this team very well may prove me wrong that they're a much better offensive team than they were last year. If Markel is going to improve, Terrence looks like he's back to the form of, of two seasons ago when he was you know, deemed the, the, the human torch. Um, you know, adding Chuma and Cole to that bench unit, right? Like I was like, okay. There is a road for this team to be much better offensively than they were last year. However, if what we're seeing is a fluke, the defense that we're seeing from this team is not going to cut it. Okay, And I felt almost immediately validated tonight when the defense was just, excuse my language, but piss poor. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely terrible in the first quarter with the starters um, and then even to start the, the third quarter with the starters. In both instances tonight, in the the second quarter and the end of the third and early part of the fourth quarter, it was the bench that played their butts off and got us back into those games. Yeah. So my big takeaway right now is that I've been saying this since last October, but I I had an epiphany tonight. Either this team has just completely stopped caring about playing defense – or Jonathan Isaac should have won the Defensive Player of the Year in 2018-2019. Right. As good as that defense was, and we just we haven't even come anywhere near that since May of 2019 playing Toronto. We haven't come anywhere near that for an extended period of time in so long. It just doesn't make sense. Either the team doesn't care anymore or Jonathan Isaac is the biggest difference maker on the defensive end in the history of the NBA, which you could convince me of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and that that career has just begun too, and so there's a lot there and a lot to unpack. Um, but I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean, well, no, no. Listen, you're kidding, but we all know you could get there eventually. Is all I'm saying. You could get there. Um, a few years down the road, who knows what happens with with Ji? Regardless. Um, to your point, yeah. Defensively, the the Magic just kind of haven't. I guess apathetic might be the word sometimes. I don't want to go back to picking on Evan Fournier because he has been better than I thought he would be this season. There was a couple times tonight, though, early on, the beginning of the game, where you know fans are frustrated, the Magic going down early, the starters just aren't playing well at all. Then to add to that, um, you know, Evan Fournier gets backdoored. He wasn't even looking in that general direction of where his man was. Um, so there was some uncertainty there. He had that happen a couple times. Um, and, but then you've got guys like in the fourth quarter that make you think like, okay, what could this team be? I mean, you, you, we scored what over, over 40 in the, in the fourth quarter it was like 43, 44 or something like that. And maybe you could check on that, 43. But, um, 43. So, I mean, the, and a lot of that comes from defense. I mean, you got a lot of momentum from getting stops. MCW was, uh, playing his butt off defensively there at the end. Uh, a lot to credit there to him. While he might frustrate us on the offensive side, you need that guy in the fourth quarter who can, you know, provide that spark defensively. Um, and MCW was able to do that tonight. Also, 
in the aspect of uh, of defense, Nikola Vucevic, people were dogging him all night on defense. But guess what? Final play, the, you know, final pivotal play of the game. Bradley Beal taking the ball to the rim. Brad Beal, per usual, gets a blow by, and Vucevic steps up straight up and down. Doesn't lean into him. Doesn't give any additional contact. No call. Bradley Beal tries to sell it per usual, um, and and that's the game. I mean, Vucevic stepped up when it mattered most. Um, granted, there were some faults earlier in the game, but, I mean, when the guards are getting absolutely just roasted um, the whole time, I mean, there, there's so many chances for, for the guards of Washington to score, um, and, and it's hard at that point to get Vucevic um, – you know, engage because he's just like, okay, one after the other, like these guards are getting to the rim at will. At what point am I even able to help as much anymore? Like he, he's still using energy. He's one of our best offensive players, all that stuff. So Jonathan, what, what do you think? I have a quick question, right? And, and I feel so yeah, silly yeah. now that I've actually pulled up the numbers. So far, these three games, right? It just feels like, like Vooch hasn't like been like up to snuff, right? Like, right. We've 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 won. He's come up huge in, in big moments when we need him to. Don't get me wrong, but it's like all right, Vuce just, Vuce just hasn't quite got to that level yet. Do you want to know what this man is averaging right now on the season? Mm. Eighteen and a half, fourteen rebounds, forty-one point seven percent from three. Yeah. So it, it's it's just so strange to me that I, like what I've seen out of Vucevic, like the eye test, yes. if you yeah. will doesn't match the production. That's how good this guy is. I, people do not realize that. In my opinion, Vucevic will go down as one of the most underappreciated players in Magic history. He's, I mean, he's top already five. top five. He's top, he's top five, all right? Yeah. Luke and I have deemed that as I'm doing the Trump hands here. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. Uh, look, all right, politics aside. <laughs> um, anyways, but Vuce, Vuce yeah. has started the season really, really well, but it, the, to, for whatever reason, the eye test to me hasn't really told you that. Okay, but yes, exactly what you alluded to. People are just coming for this dude nonstop on Twitter, especially defensively. When I don't know what it is, Markel could not stay in front of Howell Neto. Are you freaking kidding me? Could not stay in front of Neto. Evan Fournier, like, I don't don't know what to, I I feel so bad. (laughs) Like, I feel like we should be attending his funeral right now because he just cannot, he could not keep Bradley Beal in front of him in a hallway. Like, no. it's it's so bad. Now, Bradley Beal is absolutely disgusting. Evan Fournier, despite, despite all of his flaws and everything like that, always tries defensively. Yeah. He just does not have the lateral quickness to stay in front of a guy like that. So, Bradley Beal coming into this game, we all knew was going to be a problem. I mean, I mean, do, have, you, have you looked at uh, the box score? Have you seen Bradley Beal's, like, actual percentages tonight? Because yeah, it, might, it might surprise you a little bit. No, I, I mean, it, again, it doesn't match what the eye test tells you. I mean, and this is the other thing. The eye test told me that Bradley Beal was getting to the line, and it, and really the whole Wizards team was getting to the line whenever they wanted to, but that's not really the case. I mean, the Magic tonight, let's see what it is, shot 38 free throws. And, and how many How many me? did they miss? One. <laughs> it was I mean, an Evan I mean, Fournier lone missed free throw, and that was it. I mean, and he shot, what was it, 9? Yeah, he shot 9 to 10 from the Right, from the I mean, nobody line, shot so. bad from the free throw line tonight right. who got there. So, well, yeah. All and, this and, complaining about the refs I'm doing on Twitter and the, the Wizards freaking shot 13 free throws. So Right, and, and also to, for those of you who don't know and you you might be thinking, well, what was Brad Beal's stat line? Uh, 10 for 29, 
uh, <laughs> from the field. Um, and and O for seven, seven from three. O for. Uh, o for. And he shot nine for nine from the free throw line. So he also made his free throws. Um, otherwise, he ends the game with 20 points. And it doesn't maybe feel as terrible. Wizards but it was eight of 32 from three. Yeah, it wasn't Wolf. good. I mean, th- these are the games you have to win. Like, these are the games you have to win. Um, and Hustle played a huge part of it. Um, have to highlight Cole Anthony tonight. Uh, the way that, that Cole played tonight, you know, he, he's, yes, he was three for nine, but if you go to how many offensive rebounds he had, I mean, he had seven, he had seven rebounds tonight, four of them on offense. I mean, that's a guy that, that, that you can gauge how much a guy hustles by how many offensive rebounds, how often they follow their shot, how often they um, are, are chasing long rebounds and even getting inside. I mean, Cole was going up and getting them. He was crashing the boards. Um, there was even a couple where he tried to go up and get and was way high enough to get it. Uh, the defender just had better position. I mean, he was there. He was all over the place on the boards tonight. Um, Cole Anthony really was a difference maker in the 19 minutes. He played 12 points, seven rebounds, uh, three assists. Not bad for a point guard to have seven rebounds. So, I mean, he, he hustles. Plus 18, plus minus. Michael Carter Williams with a plus yeah. twenty eight plus minus. You never, I mean, it's individual game plus minus. Let's not freak out about it, but it's pretty significant. And it feels like each of these games so far, like Cole Cole is going to have some absolutely disgusting putback dunks this year. It just seems like, yeah. especially on the offensive glass, he's always crashing, and he just finds these seams where he he jumps and he's at the rim, and he's like you said, he's got a chance to get to the ball. Sometimes the defender's in better positioning or whatever the case may be, but right. um, he just skies for these rebounds. They yeah. were talking tonight how at Oak Hill Academy in high school, he averaged a triple-double. Mm-hmm. I mean, M- Mr. Russell Westbrook himself at Oak Hill. Like, right. So, yeah, I'm still, still really excited about Cole. I think um, Terrence has just been playing so well. These first few games, I mean, what was it, 25 points last night, 26 points tonight. He's the leading Cole, scorer for the Magic. Yeah, Cole really hasn't had, like, the, the real opportunity to, to get it going offensively. I think we'll see that at times this year. Um, but, again, Terrence has just been so good. What, I mean, what else are the guys on the bench going to do? Just pin down for Terrence or a dribble handoff, and he, he's just pulling up, and everything seems to be going in right now. So, yeah. Um, and, and yes, plus or minus is a very skewed statistic, but especially for guys like MCW, I mean, plus 28, it's just, he was on the court with what T Ross most of the time T Ross is lighting it up. Of course, he's going to be, you know, have ridiculous numbers. Um, but where you can actually factor that in that plus or minus is with guys like T Ross and guys who put up big numbers in the points column, um, especially where T Ross is plus 22. Um, so that's just kind of a, a tidbit for people to, to look at, you know, plus or minus for role players usually it doesn't matter. Um, but if there are guys that are putting up that are kind of your, your team leaders, that does matter. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, like Gary Clark, zero points at plus 18, just for reference. Um, yeah. and Jonathan, I don't know if you want to get into this. He only played 16 minutes tonight. He didn't attempt the shot. He didn't have a steal. He didn't have a block. He had one turnover, two assists, one rebound, no points. Uh, Chumo Kiki. Uh, we can gush over this win, um, but this season at the end of the day is about development of our young guys. And to me, it still is. This season we could end up with a you know, below 500 record, but as long as like our young guys like Cole Anthony, who has shown kind of those flashes, 
Chuma didn't even attempt the shot tonight. And I, it just might not be that it's just not there for him yet. That he's, the game's still coming to him. Um, but it was, do you have a take on that? You don't have to have one, but you might be just say, like, let's wait and see what happens. But is there, you know, kind of what do you think? I mean, the kid hasn't played basketball in almost two years. You know what I mean? It's a third right. NBA game. Um, you know, he's already playing, like, around, like, 16 minutes a game, I believe. Um, he, I mean, he de- especially in the, the first game against Miami, he had some flashes. which was like, oh, man, I didn't know. You know, he had that in his bag, like a couple of dribble moves. Um, you know, his ability to take bigger, slower guys off of the dribble and, and get decent yeah. looks, get into the, the paint and either, uh, you know, find a good look for himself or, or for someone else. Um, he had a, a few flashes of, of some really nice passes in some of the, the, the games and some of the preseason games that we've seen. So I'm not worried about it. I mean, again, that, that bench unit right now, I mean, we saw Cole Anthony score, like, what was it, like 19 points. You know, he had a game yeah. winner in, in one of, the, you know, the preseason games. And right, right. now, you know, tonight, three of nine uh, from the floor, zero of two from three, just, you know, 12 points. I mean, it adds the seven rebounds, which is great. But right now, that bench unit, it's just, it's the Terrence Ross show. The guy is shooting just out of his mind right now. He's shooting 51% from the floor, shooting 52% from the three-point line right now, and just over six attempts a game, like, in my opinion, Terrence Ross has the ultimate green light right now. I mean, oh yeah, no question. Two years ago, when, when he was shooting out of his mind, then it was thirty-eight point three percent on uh, on seven attempts a game. So this isn't sustainable, and that's one of the things that has kind of worried me in the first couple of games here. Is like we barely squeaked out wins against you know Washington twice, once with Russ. They're still getting accustomed to each other. That whole team um, still learning how you know they're they're going to play and everything like that. I will be the first guy to say that Russell Westbrook takes some of the worst shots in the entire league. He is absolutely the worst volume three-point shooter in the history of the NBA. He just needs to stop shooting three-pointers altogether. But apart from that, like that game last night, he just had some really terrible, uh, just an awful shot selection. He actually commented on that after the game. So um, the fact that Ross played so well and we just barely won those games, again, is a little bit alarming. But, I mean, you can't argue with the results. Two wins, uh, well, three wins, two wins against the same team so far. Um, But tons to improve on, but I'm not worried about Chuma. No, yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. I just know that people, you know, that are mainly box score lookers um, might not have been able to catch the game tonight. We'll look at it and say, he didn't even take a shot. Um, But I'll take him not taking a shot over him going 0 for 6. So, um and he didn't look Dumb. bad. He just he looked timid tonight. He he just he was he passed up a few good looks. Um, Ch- yeah, Chuma's not going to be a guy who loses you a ball game right now. Um, his his play, the way he plays, he might err on the side of caution. That's fine. Like you said, he hasn't played basketball in a long time. He's got a lot of guys on the. You know, the he's got a lot of teammates who are willing to take the shots, willing to you know you know do what it takes, and 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 Chuma will get there. I'm not worried about Chuma. Um, but I don't know if you're, if you want to talk about this right now, but kind of, you talked about your big takeaway. My big takeaway is, is Markel Nagai Fultz. That's my big takeaway. He's an animal. Three, three games in 20.7 points a game. He's almost at a 21 mark, uh, 4.3 assists per game. I'd like to see that maybe be a little higher, but I mean, he's showing us like, he can. He has vision. He can do it all. Um, but if he's attacking the rim, I mean, he's going to score at will. We've talked about that multiple times. 49% from the field and 92% from the free throw line. 
something last year that we thought we looked at his free throw percentage. I think he shot around like 72, 73 last year. You think about it and you want that to improve. Not only is Markel, you know, last year he shoots, he only shoots 2.3 free throws a game. But if he can hit his free throws, Jonathan, you're going to see a more aggressive Markel Fultz. And, and, and I think up to this point he shot like as of last night, he had, he was shooting like, Five and a half free throws a game. Um, not sure how many free throws he shot tonight. Um, regardless, he's getting to the line more. Two, and Two free throws tonight. Two tonight. Okay, so that average will come down. But regardless, if he knows when I get to the to the rim, I can get fouled, and I'm confident in my free throw making ability, I mean, all bets are off. He's going to be much more willing to attack um, the rim and be that aggressive player he needs to be. And also something he highlighted last night after in the pre- uh, post-game presser was, you know, for me to be aggressive, it doesn't mean that I have to be scoring either. So this is a guy that knows. He knows what he's got to do. Um, I look for all of his averages um, to to go up um, in every statistical category, as is the case for anybody that's improving at such a rapid pace. But, man, Markel has just been so impressive. Um, really glad that Orlando got him for a bag of potato chips and uh, will forever be indebted to uh, that front office there in Philly. Well, the, I mean, the good thing, like you said, you know, his, his shot attempts and everything like that are increasing and the efficiency is increasing. So not only is he right. getting more involved, he's, he's making the shots at a higher clip. He is getting to the free throw line more, I think. And I, I don't I don't want to compare him, you know, in the same sense to like a LeBron or a Giannis or a or a Dwight or a Shaq in the sense that those guys are so hard to officiate because like they're they're so strong, you almost yeah. give the defender the benefit of the doubt all the time and it's like right. so much contact but because they're so strong it doesn't really affect them. With Markel it's almost like the reverse like he's so strong that when so far they see Jimmy Butler, you know, take take a bump to the chest from Markel with his feet moving and flies back. Or last night, Russell Westbrook, same thing. Yeah. When those guys fly back, they're like, oh, he's got to be pushing off somehow. There's no way he's that strong that these guys are just bouncing off of him like that. But they are. He yeah. is that strong. He is that big. Um, he is that dynamic. Um, right. And I think the the more that these referees see out of him and the more aggressive he is, um, it's, ki- it's kind of like boxing, right? Like the judges always kind of have that bias towards the aggressor in the fight. If you set the tone from the beginning of the game that you're driving the lane and you're you're creating that contact as you're going to the rim, those are the guys that you see get the benefit of the doubt and get that increased amount of free throw attempts. So if Markel can get up to like six, seven free throw attempts a game, I don't know that he's going to continue to shoot 92% from the free throw line. I think a jump from 73 to 92 would just be absolutely insane and would say a lot as far as his prospects to improve as a shooter going forward. Yeah. But if he can stay in like the high 70s, get into the 80s, somewhere like that, and is shooting, you know, six, seven free throws a game and continues to be as aggressive as he has. I mean, last year, 10 field goal attempts per game. This year, he's at 16.3 already. It's super early. It's three games. We know it's a small sample size, but give us a break, guys. Right now, this is all that we have to go off of. So I'm right there with you. Apart from definitely needing to step it up defensively, yeah. so I think that's going to come back to bite us, and it, it did at times last year. Markel has, has just blown me away in, in these first three games. I mean, again, averaging yeah. 
um, what what was it, 20.7 20 20, points 20 point per game seven. right now. Yeah. Up from so, 12 last year. Right. We're looking at the MIP, guys, if he continues this. Yeah, if he can continue it, that'd be great. Um, obviously, it's very early. He's very well-rested. Um you know, as we go on, it, th- those numbers will dip and 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 whatnot. But if he can, I mean, if he can end at seventeen a game or something like that, and kind of up that points per game by five, that'd be incredible, and I'd be pretty ecstatic about that. Um, but I think he'll continue to improve. He'll continue to get to the free throw line, um, and and just continue to be a better version of himself all the time. That being said, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Nato scores his career high tonight, 22 points um, on 17 shots, 10 of 17, shoots uh, 25% from three. I mean, this is a guy that I shouldn't have to be afraid of when Neto shoots the basketball. Like, every time he shot the basketball, t- like, it got to that point yesterday, even. Every time like, he, he didn't touched score the that basketball. many, but he didn't miss. Right. Um, and also, by the way, as an aside, if I never have to see uh, a Thomas Bryant attempted three pointer or mid range shot again, I'll be good. He's this, this man last night hit he hit all these threes tonight. I'm actually surprised looking at the box score that he was zero for two from three because I could have sworn I saw one or two of them go in. Um, There's a couple long, but he was eight for fifteen. Yeah, and he was eight for fifteen from the field, uh, sixteen points. I mean, Thomas Bryant, he's not a bad ball player, and I and he's not. And we know that with a lot of energy. That's the thing. That's the thing with with you know playing back to backs like this. You're going to get to know rosters a little bit more. I think you know you might play a team and you know Thomas Bryant might hit a couple threes and then you kind of forget about him. And then the next game, you know, you play him however many games later and you you forget. You're going to get to see a lot of these players going back to back in the same city every um, you know for for game series and stuff. Um, so. That is that is one thing. You're going to get to know him. Uh, you're probably going to get to hate him a little bit more. Guys like Nato and Thomas Bryant, who really well, kind of killed us tonight. And Speaking yesterday. of uh, getting to hate guys a little bit more, uh, what, what's your thoughts on uh, Bradley Beal the last couple of nights? <laughs> he, uh, Florida Gator. Never, it, he is a Florida Gator, and I love him. Because um, he's was – I think he's the Gators, if I'm not mistaken, the Gators' most recent – number one pick not number one pick first round pick um so and really the most notable gator that's even in the nba anymore um all that aside and my love for him because he he is a gator good night i mean the dude just doesn't stop talking he doesn't he's always got something to say and that is why i'm so happy that vucevic did not foul him i just knew Bradley Beal was going to go to the rim and get fouled on that possession and take the lead, and the Wizards would lead by one, and we'd have to make a, a tough shot to win the game. I knew that was going to happen. But I'm so glad that despite him getting blown by, that uh, you know the Magic Defender getting blown by, I can't remember who was on him. Uh, was it MCW? I don't remember who it was. Um, At the end of the game, yeah, it was MCW. Vucevic. But... Vucevic was being la- there. Actually, there, the was some, and- there was some Dwayne Bacon in there. The, the last – it, it was kind of weird uh, – the uh, the rotations yeah. we're implementing like the last series like Ross went to the bench and and Bacon was in but yeah it's it's weird because Beal honestly the last couple of years has become like one of my favorite players to watch I I just feel like he's a lot of fun he's really talented um, yeah he, he's got a couple of like my all time favorite like meme like you know gifts and stuff like that like the one where 
Um, yeah. John Wall Stops. comes up to him after yeah. the game. He's like, I ain't never ever <laughs> seen you act like this before. Like that's one of my fa- like, and the the one where like somebody calls him trash and he just like yeah, and he looks at hits him, him with the, the smirk. Yeah. Like that's but seeing he's just the last like the last two nights, and I don't know if this is gonna be like a a thing going forward. Maybe maybe he's just in a bad mood the last couple of days. He doesn't like Christmas. I don't know. But or he he's just, just on being, the Wizards still. He's anyway, just being continue. such a crybaby. Like, yeah. literally just being such a crybaby the last two nights. But I mean, what, he averages, what, 30 last year and doesn't <laughs> doesn't get selected. I mean, and, yeah, but. I mean, he's got a lot to be mad about in his career because he, he does. plays his butt off every night. Um, yeah. Great player. Uh, but, yeah, just a little frustrated. And I can't really blame him. He's He's kind of got the short end of the stick there in Washington. But, you know, if he's happy there, if he wants to stay there, then he will. And if he won't, he'll tell us. And, you know, who yeah. knows? We might be see Brad Beal requesting a trade sometime soon. I hope we do. Um, but Magic fans would be all over that. And I would I would absolutely oh. love to trade for Bradley Beal. I'm not don't get me don't get me <laughs> wrong here. I'm not I'm not saying I don't want the guy on, on my team, but man, the last couple of nights just crybaby Beal. Hashtag. Um another guy that I wanted to ask you about who um I mean, apart from opening night, like what was that, Wednesday night against the against the Heat, uh or was that Tuesday night? I don't remember. Wednesday. Evan Fournier popped off. Like the like a, a large reason that we won that game was because Evan Fournier was just in his bag and the end of the night with uh twenty five points, four rebounds, nine of thirteen from the four, three of five from the three. And then again, like these last two games against the Wizards, like it kinda felt like he wasn't it, like had a had a very quiet games. Yeah. Right? Um but so far this season averaging nineteen points per game. Uh, shooting 54.8 from the field and 40% from the three-point line. And the thing about Evan that all of us have, have been complaining about, um, you know, for the last couple of years is his his role in the offense, right? In my opinion, it's, other people out there are going to disagree with me. We're not going to kill Evan right now. <laughs> Luke, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, we're not going to kill Evan right now. <laughs> um, but the issue has been more so with his role in the offense, right? Yeah. The, these first three games, I mean, incredibly efficient game one against the Heat, but like tonight, he had 19 points, and it felt like I, I can't even t- I I cannot even remember a, a like a memorable basket that Evan had tonight. Evan shot four of ten from the floor, um, two of five from three, but nine of ten from the free throw line. The the Magic's only miss at the free throw line tonight ended up with 19 points in 27 minutes. So. Give me your take on Evan so far these these first three games. Do you feel like there's been like kind of a, a shift in his play style? Yeah, I think that everybody's kind of in in an agreement about Evan Fournier. Um, rational people are in agreement, and that is Evan Fournier this year is a different looking Evan. Uh, he kind of is at least with Miami. He let the game come to him. He's not really demanding uh, to have the ball and 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 take those shots. Um, tonight, obviously it helps that he was aggressive getting to the line. Um, like you said, nine of 10 from the free throw line without those free throws, he's at, you know, 10, 10 points on 10 shots. So wasn't great on offense tonight, aside from the free throw aspect, which saved him and saved his, his stats tonight for sure. Um, so yeah, that's why his, his performance tonight was quiet. Um, you don't really note free throws very much until you look at the box score and see how many times they went to the line. Uh, same thing with Bradley Beal, but yeah. So I, I'm not ready to. I don't know where I'm at with Evan Fournier. He's made me reconsider. If if that says anything, I do think the Magic should move on from him. But 
if he can continue just kind of staying in his lane and and letting the you know Markel have the keys and and Vucevic do his thing and I don't know I don't know where I stand with Evan Fournier to this point um, I don't feel any more strongly towards getting him traded if that helps. So and and remember we're only three games in right so like we're we're drawing a lot of conclusions off of very small sample sizes but. I, I would tend to agree with you. If this is the Evan that we're going to see moving forward who plays much more within the offense but is still, like, getting his, like, regular attempts, um, yeah. I mean, we bring him back on a team-friendly deal. I don't know. It's way too <laughs> early to, to say these kinds of things. But yeah. so far, I really I really like what we've seen out of Evan so far um, to, to start the yep. season. I, I love what we've seen out of Evan. I love what we've seen out of Markel, especially. I mean, Terrence has just been playing out of his out of his freaking mind. So, what do you think um, about uh, Aaron Gordon? Before we move on, he had a quiet night tonight. didn't didn't do great tonight, but those first two games, I think Aaron Gordon deserves recognition there. Um, I think last night he had 15 points on six of 12 from the field, nine rebounds, three assists, one of two from beyond the arc. Uh, quickly pulling up his stats against Miami. Uh, 20 points, 8 of 11 from the field. Holy cow. Uh, seven rebounds. Tonight, he only finishes with four points. But, you know, doesn't doesn't hurt you too much. He only shot four times. He only played 20 minutes, by the way, tonight. So, and he had six rebounds. I mean, what where do you stand with, with Aaron Gordon? He's also a, another guy that, that we had talked about maybe getting moved sometime soon. So my take with Evan right now is I'm not Evan Aaron is that he's not healthy. I mean he's still on a minutes restriction, right? Yeah. Um, tonight on a back to back, both him and Chuma were on minute minute restrictions. That's why we saw Gary Clark in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's he's not a hundred percent yet, right? Like I I think he's still mostly just working back like his conditioning because obviously he had to rehab the hamstring and ha- couldn't obviously work on his conditioning at that time. Um. But like the the first game, twenty points, eight of eleven from the line. Uh, I'm sorry, eight of eleven from the floor. Uh, seven rebounds, four steals. He had like one of the all time Aaron Gordon. No, 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 no. Yes, like breakdown pull up jumpers on Bam Adebayo in the fourth quarter, which was huge. Helped us win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know last night, fifteen points, six of twelve from the floor, one of two for three, nine rebounds. Like that's the Aaron that we need. Tonight, we saw a few flashes of Aaron, and we saw this really from the entire offense tonight at times. It was like, okay, it's my turn. Like, Markel would have his turn, or Terrence would have his turn. Vooch would have his turn. It was like, guys were just like, okay, right now I'm going to try to break my guy down off of the dribbler. I'm going to try to do something like that. Aaron, it's like every time that I start to feel like he's, he's like turned the corner when it comes to his decision-making and shot selection – it's yeah. Like every time I'm like I'm starting to feel good about it, he 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 tonight he's he's bringing the ball up the floor, and instead of you know passing the ball to Evan or or Markell and letting them initiate the offense, he tries to take like what I call like his his slow mo euro step yeah. into the lane and try to finish over like two guys and right. it went exactly how you it think it would. Well. It didn't go well. Yeah. So when he does that, it's like, come on, man! Like mm-hmm. that's not you're not that you're not that guy. Right. Right. Every time I start to feel like he's he's turned the corner, he's gonna he's gonna play the way that we want Evan to, and the way that Evan has so far, he does a couple of things like that. But 
I don't think he's totally healthy yet. Yeah, I'm with you there. I just want to get your feel on it. Um, don't think he's totally healthy, but I'm not. Same thing with Evan. I'm not like more to the side of trade him. Um, I'm more to the side of let's see how this continues to go. I mean, he gives us 30 minutes last night, 15 points, something like that on 12 shots, um, 50% from the field. I mean, if he can, if he can do that, that's fine. Um, but yeah, so we'll see just another, you know, note about tonight. Uh, Josh Robbins tweeted this out, um, says that 20 points is the largest fourth quarter deficit. The magic have overcome for a win since 96, 97, um, against Cleveland on November 19th, 97. So there's your fun fact of the night. The magic are three and oh, last time that happened, they went to the Eastern conference finals in 2009, 2010 year. And uh, then the comeback tonight hadn't happened since 1997. Not bad. Not mad at that at all. Let's take a quick break. No. All right. So, I mean, talking about the comeback from tonight, um, I I did want to bring this up. It was the first time since, like, the the 18-19 season where we had a, a few big comebacks on the road one was in memphis we were down i think like 17 points either in the second half or the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. came back went into overtime won that game and then the game where we actually clinched that first playoff spot we were in boston i think in the first half we were down by much as like 18 and came back and won that game tonight felt like one of those games like a few of the comebacks last year like we can contribute to to a couple of things in my opinion the games where we just could not rebound the ball and then a lot of the times the the bench last year it was the bench right now it's the starters the starters give up a lead the bench brings us back last year it was the reverse starters would play pretty well the bench would come in in that third unit and then it would just all go to crap but tonight when we when we got back in that game and we got into like the last 4 or 5 minutes i turned to my wife I was like we're going to win this game like this is this is a game that the magic are going to win like look at our five look at their five the magic are going to win this game and once markel realized that Neto could not stay in front of him. Yeah, it, it the game was over. over. Yeah, Markel had, I, I think he probably had like three layups in the the final few minutes. He probably had like four or five really good looks. He missed like one a super super easy one that the game kind of got really squirrely at that point. But how how did you feel when we started to come back in that fourth quarter? Like, were you pretty confident that we were going to pull it out? First of all, I, I think at that point I was I was feeding Harper. Uh, at that point, so I'm, you know, I got the bottle in hand. I'm, I'm trying to feed her. I'm watching. I'm trying to cheer at the same time. By the way, and I'm not a multitasker, so that was sheesh. But anyway, um, yeah, magic start coming back. Uh, I'm, I'm getting a little louder in the living room. Lauren's like, "What's going on?" Because I had already been, you know, real low because we were down 17, and I was like, "Oh boy, here we go." And uh, and she goes, "See, you're." You doubt them all the time. I'm like, okay, well, listen, they've, they've given me reason, okay? They've given me reason to doubt. Anyway, they start to come back. Five minutes left in the game, four minutes, three minutes. The Magic just continue to hang around, close the gap. Um, at that point, I'm thinking, I, don't, I, don't, I still don't feel good about it. You know, you said you were looking at the screen. You're like, you know, they're five, our five. See, I knew Bradley Beal was going to come in the game and actually show up there in the in the final couple minutes and take over and call game fortunately for magic fans that didn't happen 
He continued to kind of struggle from the field. Um, doesn't get that call in the final minute. At that point, obviously, um, you know, you know, it's over when when he misses that that um, layup. I think then Evan goes to the free throw line, knocks down two big free throws. Um, you know, two of his of the ten that he took tonight. And uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's safe to say in the last couple seasons, the Orlando Magic are are inside the heads of the Washington Wizards. Now um, undefeated in the last, I don't know what it is, five six, six meetings against them in the last six meetings in the last couple of years. Uh, it, and, and all that to say, Jonathan, these are the games near the end of the year. They don't get highlighted as much at the beginning of the year. But we know coming down the final stretch, it's apparent now, the Wizards and Orlando will probably be kind of jockeying for position in that playoff race, whether it's between the 7 and the 10 spot, right? Near the end of the year, Jonathan, the most anticipated games are the games you play against people that you're jockeying for position with in those standings. All that to say, if you already know who's going to be there at the end of the year anyway, these games are just as important as those ones at the end of the year. So I think that's something to note. This isn't just game three of the regular season. This is games two and three of a very important um, series. And at the very least, you split with the Wizards. Let's say down the road when we play them two more times Orlando can split that and win the series three to one which would be huge for the standings at the end of the year so I think that that that's the biggest thing beat the teams that you can beat and that is how you know that that's a playoff team you're beating the teams that you should beat the Magic have a lot of teams in the East that they should beat if they can win those games man I think that it'll be it means a lot uh, for the organization and, and for motivation of the players and confidence of the players to know like, OK, we beat these guys twice. We can definitely do it again once or twice more. So uh, it wasn't just game two or three of the season tonight and yesterday. Um, like I said, it's a uh, very important pivotal games that the Magic got the win in tonight being one of the biggest. So. So speaking of standings, so after the first week, um, the Orlando Magic, your Orlando Magic, um, sit basically right at the top of the Eastern Conference. So three undefeated teams in the Eastern Conference right now. The Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, 3-0. and The Orlando Magic are 3-0. and And the Indiana Pacers are 3-0. and Right below them are the Atlanta Hawks, who are 2-0. and I don't know when they play next, but it's early. But the Magic are currently tied for first place in the Eastern Conference. So... Um, the week coming up, so I believe this, uh, I think the Magic have uh, tomorrow off, obviously, and then they are back, uh, what is that, Tuesday, Tuesday uh, to take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. That will be in OKC, uh, and then the Magic are home for the 76ers, and then they play the Thunder again. So, Luke, Markel's played really, really well these first you know few games hasn't really had like a what we would think of as like a big um like defensive challenge. Mm-hmm. Playing against Shea Shea Gilgis Alexander this week is going to be a big challenge for Markel. Markel has all the athletic tools and physical tools that he should need um to just be an absolutely filthy defender. Um right now I would I would say that at times the effort is lacking on that end. There's no way he should be getting beat by guys like like how will Neto like that just shouldn't happen. So yes, yeah, sh- sh- 
<laughs> SGA if might, you, if you, might have a night, but he might have a night. If you look at the rosters, the Magic should be able to to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder on paper, right? Just on paper, we should be able to beat the Thunder, right? No Chris Paul, right? Um, they moved a, f- a few other guys around. Um, on paper, we should beat the Thunder. Does that mean we're going to beat the Thunder? No. But how do you see this week going? Again, you got OKC twice, and, and you're playing uh, the, the 76ers. Yeah. So, first of all, the, the thing that Magic will have going for them, OKC plays a very good Utah Jazz team tomorrow. They play them tomorrow. And then the Magic are going to be coming off a a, a a night of rest, and so on. And like you said, on paper they should win. I mean, they've got OKC has guys like Baisley playing in their first game, played thirty three minutes, SGA thirty four minutes, um, as he should. Uh, but then you know you got guys like Lou Dort thirty five minutes. So those are kind of their guys to look for. Um, and of course, some of you guys might have forgotten in the offseason shuffle. George Hill is on Oklahoma City as well. Um, so that'll be interesting. He, he shot eight for nine in his first outing for OKC with 21 points. They're going to get points from their, from their starters. Now where I think OKC kind of falls off is that bench unit. Um, got a lot of guys. You might look at their roster and think who, uh, notable guys on their benches, Mike Muscala, notable meaning you will know them, uh, Mike Muscala and, uh, Diallo, um, on their bench. And that's really it. So, yeah, I mean, Orlando should be able to win. Does that mean they will? Who knows? Um, hopefully, you know, SGA can stay contained. That's kind of probably be the key. Don't let SGA, um, you know, get, get easy buckets and get going um, and try to try to get some buckets on Lou Dort um, as hard as that might be. Um, and then you said we got Philly. Is that back-to-back? It is not back-to-back. We don't have any back-to-backs this week. It's um, gotcha. yeah, so the, it, the 29th it, and then the 31st and then the 2nd this week. 31st so Tuesday, well, I mean Thursday, it, Saturday. Yeah. So oh, so you play we play uh OKC again. Uh, they kind of like bookend the week. We play them Tuesday and then and then Saturday right. we we kind of split down the middle. We got the the Sixers at home on Thursday. Yeah. So I mean realistically if if you can I'd love for them to be able for Orlando to be able to beat OKC those two those two matchups that they have, um, and then let's say realistically you drop to the Sixers. Um, I mean, what you're looking at? Who got and blown one. out by the the Cavs tonight? Right, but do we even know if the Cavs are good or not? I don't know. They're three and zero. You read me the Eastern they're standings, and I was not. like, I right. They're probably not. But the, I mean, people are. If you're having a conversation about the Cavs, you're probably having this about is the a Magic team too. who like, was absolutely atrocious. Too. This is a team who, who was absolutely atrocious on the road last year. So is that yeah. going to continue? Who knows? Most of it is probably just you got new guys, Danny Green, you know, Seth Curry, you, you know, Dwight Howard. You're still trying to – Maury's trying to still figure it out there. Exactly. We know exactly. We know Maury's the mad scientist. He likes to make some moves and make a splash, and he definitely did that and kind of trying to reshape uh, the 76ers roster with rumors of, you know, Ben Simmons being in packages and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I'm sure Sixers fans are holding their breath over there, hoping that he doesn't do some ridiculous things. And Joel B didn't play tonight. Just want to throw that in there. Well, so there's that. That, that so, one means nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so all that to say, I think looking at the week and and really looking at the rosters and how the Magic stack up and how the Magic have been playing, 
I think if the Magic are, are focused and, and ready to go, they can beat OKC both nights. Who knows? Maybe you maybe you do win against the Sixers with Embiid in the lineup. But let's say you drop it. I think, you know, you're looking at it worst case at the end of the at the end of this week. I would think the Magic are, are four and two worst case. Um most realistically best case you're five and one. I think you there's I would be shocked if the Magic are six and at the end of the week. I'd love it to be able to jump on this podcast again next week and, and after after the game and be like, Well the Magic are six and and then I get to do that fun part where I research when the last time the Magic were six and to start the season, see what the results were. Because right now we're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. So Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think according uh, to the parallel. Yeah. I think um I don't I don't see us going three and zero like on like again. Like that as no. incredible as that would be, I think we probably beat OKC twice. Um, and then we we lose to we lose to the 76ers or or maybe we go one and two who knows that would make the most um, sense but again I didn't see you know the Mavericks beating the Clippers like they did today either and that's that why they was play. just so disgusting that who knows was just how this disgusting. week goes no uh, no Kawhi Leonard but yeah 50 points at halftime I was like goodness gracious 27 points in the first half I would throw up <laughs> if if the Magic did that like oh my goodness but the season is young the season is young so last thing that uh, that we wanted to touch about so. Um, as many of you know, um, this w- this past Wednesday, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, wh- whenever the heck it was, the twenty third Wednesday, um, the Magic, yeah, the, the yeah Wednesday, the Magic's home opener at the Amway Center against the Miami Heat. Um, I think the Magic had about thirty four hundred fans in attendance. Hmm. I was in attendance. Um, if you haven't already seen it, again, if you don't follow us on social media or anything like that, I my wife graciously enough did her best to film like we did like at six man show by the way at six man show there you go buddy um but we did our best to just document our experience at the amway center just so that if you're unsure or you're just curious about how everything is going with the covid protocols and everything like that um we did like a little vlog i think it's like 12 almost 13 minutes long it's kind of lengthy but um there's a lot of good stuff in that so um, definitely go check that out. But basically the gist of it is you first get there, you have to download an app called clear. You fill out a, a COVID survey asking you, have you had any symptoms the last 10 days or anything like that? Um, from what I've heard from most people is that they are checking that to make sure you completed that to get in my personal experience. They did not check that. They asked if we had completed that, but we were just like, yeah. And then we walked in. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit concerning because my whole thing, and then when you when you go in, right, they, they scan your tickets, and then you're in, you're good to go. When you complete this uh, survey, you get, like, a little QR code. That is your health pass, okay, for the Clear app. Now, the concerning thing is, and I don't know exactly how the, the mechanisms with the app work, but what if I what if I said that I was, you know, symptomatic and everything like that, I had COVID, and then nobody checks this app or scans the app to see what my results were? I'm guessing if you check that you're symptomatic, that you don't get that health pass, you probably get like a, a stop sign that's like, you are not allowed into this game. But it was just really weird that nobody actually looked at that for us to check that. Now, we entered through the Geico garage. People that entered through like the, the main entrance um, said that they actually did ask to see that app before they were lit inside. So that was a little bit concerning, but there wasn't like a, a temperature check or anything like that before you entered the arena. But once you're in, I mean, there's 3,400 people there. I think normally it, it sits like, seats like 14,000 or 16,000, something like that. So 
it literally felt like there was nobody at the game. We were in our row. There was no one else in our row. There was no one in the row in front of us. And there was like people two rows in front of us and then all the way at the end of their row. But everyone was wearing their masks. Um, it, it seems like the Amway is really taking all the precautions that they can to keep people as safe as possible. So, so in my opinion, so you'd go again. I would go back. Okay. I would absolutely go back. Are you um, going to go back against OKC? Not against or OKC. Philly. Um, no, definitely not this week. I think the next game that I'm actually going to go to, Luke, is going to be um, in Tampa against the the Raptors. Oh, the Tampa the, Raptors. The Tampa Raptors at Amelie Arena, where the where the Lightning play. So that'll be pretty cool. When is um, that? You know, around that is January 31st. So thirtieth mm. um, or the thirty first. I think it's the thirty first. But it'll it'll be cool to see that. I saw a, an article that came out the other day um, that. Uh, the Raptors are like the hot ticket in Tampa right now, which makes sense because they're yeah. really the only sport, they're the only show in town right now. And they just won a championship uh, not too long ago. Yeah, of how, you know, this is going to spark long term loyalty to the Raptors in the Tampa Bay area. I will be throwing so many hands <laughs> like they are going out of style if that's the case. Yeah. If after all of these years yeah. of having an NBA team within shouting distance of downtown Tampa, yeah. right? If if everybody in Tampa just becomes Raptors fans, your your boy's gonna be locked up with a mugshot. It's gonna be ugly. How far right? how far is Tampa drive wise? We've got some people that listen and the you know Orlando Magic UK fan base stuff like that. I'm sure. So how how far is Tampa from Orlando roughly? Um, I mean it's it, literally it's, it's just a straight shot on I four. It's probably about an hour and right. ten minutes if yeah. that. Yeah, I just mean, and that's just having you say that so people understand just how close Tampa is right. to Orlando. Um, for the few that might not be aware, but yeah, no, that would be kind of absurd. They're a great team, but they're not great so far. Uh, what are they? Zero and two, something like that. Um, season's young, uh, but who would have thought that the Orlando Magic, as of now, are the best team of Florida, yeah, including the right. Tampa I mean, Raptors. And we we beat the the dirty stinking Heat. I can't stand the Heat. I was I was so elated that we beat the Heat. Like as good as it was to get a win on opening night, the fact that it was the Heat, I can't tell you. That might be the, no. We beat no. We beat the Heat last year on opening night. But there, I don't know. There was just something something well, they, extra they, special about. This they just one. went to the to the finals, so it's nice to beat the defending Eastern Conference champs um, on our home court. Start the year one and zero. Would have been a lot worse. Um, the Heat and Magic fans have a lot of funny exchanges via social media. Um, and it gets a lot of people riled up, but I just kind of laugh about it. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, it's great. I mean, you start 1-0 and instead of 0-1. Um, and that kind of gave momentum moving forward. The Magic kind of got that confidence. I mean, what better confidence booster could you have besides beating the Lakers on night one? I mean, that, I, I, and, it's, and it's your in-state rival. I don't know if it was because, like, it, it had just been so long since I was in the Amway, um, and it was like we just didn't know when we were going to be able to go back, and I was just like so, just like I like just so elated. Like that's the only word that I can use to describe how happy I was to be in that building again. Because it was like, man, it, it might be a year, it might be two years, like who knows. So to be in that building, I don't know if it was just I was so happy to be back or. Because it was so quiet, you felt like you could hear everything. So I was like extra rowdy. So there were a few sections of, of fans, of Heat fans sitting around us. Like if you've been to the Amway for a Heat game, 
it's almost like being at a at a heat home game. It's it's really disgusting actually. <laughs> so any like the first like the first quarter, like Duncan Robinson starts hitting threes. So I've got these kids like um a few rows in front and like off to the side, but they're they're hitting the they're hitting the, the the arm three thing. They're doing the three to the <laughs> temple when Duncan Robinson is hitting threes. So in that fourth quarter, it was like four minutes to go, and and the Magic call a timeout, and like Evan hits a three, and then Boots hit. Dude, I'm slamming my temple with these three fingers, and I'm telling these kids how trash Jimmy Butler is, and how how trash Tyler Hero is. Like I'm I'm screaming, Tyler, not my hero. Like I'm doing the oh, I'm doing the whole thing. Like oh, I was letting no. these, I, and I apologize to you're not listening to the podcast. But I'm sorry, I was acting a fool. But oh man, and then and then um, going down the escalator, I'm I'm chanting, na 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 na. Boy, please tell me there are people with you saying that. No, I was all by myself, and my poor wife's like, "Will you stop? Like you're you're being ridiculous." I'm like, "Nobody's gonna fight me. Like nobody wants to get COVID or anything like that. Like people are keeping their distance. You know what I mean?" But I was just like, "I wish that was I was over vlog about the arena and CDC guidelines." Oh my goodness, I was overjoyed that we that we beat the Heat. I just hate the Heat. I really, really, really hate the Heat. Mm. I really do. You know what's on my bucket list? What's that? Me and you going to a game together. Oh man, that's gonna happen. Oh, it's absolutely uh, gonna happen. Just it, we came to, very close. Like, like had you been in town like an uh, like the day before, if the game right. was like you yeah. know a couple of days out, but it was like for you to come into town, you yeah. hadn't seen Lauren and the baby right. in, in over a month to try to go to that. Just that hey, that wasn't gonna happen. Hey, I'd be lying if I if I said that I had to check and make sure that the twenty six wasn't a home game. That was Lauren's birthday. Um, and she probably wouldn't have wanted it for a birthday, but I would have wanted it for a birthday, uh, for right. us to go to the Magic game. But uh, yeah, no, we were. Babe, we were close. I bought you a PlayStation Five for Christmas. Here you <laughs> right. go. You yeah, that, I mean? that probably is the equivalent, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's all right. But um, yeah, no, uh, I would love to make a Magic game this year, but just don't know if it'll be in the cards for us. Um, so you'll have to kind of, I'll have to live vicariously through you when you go see the Magic beat the Tampa Raptors January thirty first. Um, and you know, prove further proof that the Magic are, are the best team in Florida, and hopefully at that point our 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 record still looks all right. Well, twenty twenty one for us, Luke. Um, as you start to have more kids, as you'll you know eventually learn, there's there's stuff in their crap just gets everywhere, right? Yep. So like we we bought this house almost uh it'll be four years ago, um this February we are like bursting at the seams, um in this house so. 2021 we have deemed the year to save uh for our for our next home so unfortunately i don't know how many magic games i will be able to attend this year what i i can say no matter what happens the magic make the playoffs i will be in the amway center um yeah and if if luck strikes it the right way and we can we can get you there that would be that would be even better Um, yeah no the, the most frustrating thing about being at these games is just trying to get people to cheer like i I scream so loudly <laughs> that I can taste I I get that metallic taste in my mouth that my my larynx are bleeding because I'm screaming as hard and as loud and as long as I can. And especially that game the other night when it's a close game the last 2 minutes and people are just are sitting there's no one in the stadium you're not getting in anyone's way if you're on your feet just stand Paul Porter says it at the beginning of every fourth quarter. Stand and cheer your Orlando Magic. And people just don't listen to Paul Porter, Luke. Disrespectful. I can't it imagine. It breaks my heart. I can't imagine not listening to Paul Porter. Um, yeah, it's good to hear his So, 
as we kind of wrap up here, Jonathan, um, I just want to point out that 538.com, I'm already checking playoff percentages. See like what they're it. thinking. See where they think we're at. Um, because obviously I could be very unrealistic and be like, I, it could be irrational of me to say the Magic are definitely making the playoffs because we're 3-0. Um, 538 before tonight had Orlando at a 70% chance to make the playoffs. After the win tonight, 538 has Orlando at 74%. So, so 26% so what we, chance we what don't we get. Like a make percent? It. We gained a percent tonight? We gained 4%, Jonathan. We 4%, were 70. okay. We got the 74. Matt's not my strong suit. You know that. And today, yeah. my spelling. I called Chris Duhon. I called him Chris Dujon today. <laughs> sounds better to Twitter. me, honestly. Like, oh, my goodness gracious. But uh, so, that sounds good to me, though. Yeah, I mean, it's 74%. That, that leaves a 26%. Uh, chance that they, you know, Orlando messes it up, uh, but who knows? And that probably just means that Orlando makes the playing game. I'm guessing the 10 seed spot. I don't know what they're qualifying as yeah. the playoffs anymore. Um, regardless, I gotta tell you, I like our chances against the Wizards. I, I mean, of course. How can you not after going two and zero? I'm interested to see what the rest of the season holds against the Wizards. Uh, I think there's two more games that are that have yet to be played that'll be played later this year. Um, so it'll good. It'll be good. Um, we've got a favorable schedule this week, Jonathan. Um, ready to see what happens. Hopefully, we are at worst five and one. Um, but yeah, I think that that's all I've got. I don't know if you had anything else. Nope. Last thing I just wanted to say is, um, we started to go through um everyone's surveys uh, from the giveaway that we did a couple of weeks ago. Just wanted to say thank you guys so much. We got like legitimately a lot of really useful feedback from you guys and um luke and i have already talked about how we can implement some of that stuff so be on the lookout for that there's probably going to be some changes to the show we're going to be experimenting with different things possibly so um just bear with us uh thank you if you guys are new to the show um if you guys have not left us a rating on itunes that is so huge and so helpful if you guys can go and do that that would be amazing uh, but other than that, Luke, this week we've got OKC, Philly, and OKC again. And we will be right back here uh, discussing this um, next week, next Sunday, next Monday, one of those days. Other than that, everybody have a happy New Year's and New Year's Eve as we move on from this terrible, terrible year. Um, everybody be responsible, be safe, and we will see you guys in 2021, right? All right. Well, for Luke, this has been Jonathan. You guys have been listening to the Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic.